Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. You're listening to Mind Medicine. Mind Medicine. Lighting the fuse for freedom. TNT Radio. Welcome to the Mind Medicine Program. I'm your host, Charles Coves, Australasia's passion provocateur, and we bring this program to you in association with Mind Medicine Australia. This show is all about how and why your mind matters and how to keep it in great shape. Ideas to provoke new ways about thinking about your life and life generally. I mean, what's the what's the point? Why are you on this planet? That's what we just explore in this program. We discuss insights into mental health issues and health issues of all descriptions. And to that end, we are delighted to be working with Mind Medicine Australia, a wonderful not-for-profit established four and a half years ago in Australia to fight for the legalization of psilocybin and MDMA, Psy- uh, psychotic, psych- uh, not psychotic, gosh, hello, sorry. Um, the, excuse me, the, MDMA and psilocybin and other such drugs are achieving magnificent results in solving mental health problems compared to pharmaceutical drugs. And and Mind Medicine for four and a half years has been lobbying our Therapeutic Goods Administration in Australia. And from the 1st of July, these drugs are now available in Australia when prescribed by a psychiatrist. And... The results from trials, hundreds of trials run all around the world, are spectacular. People who've been on pharmaceutical drugs for 10, 15, 20 years, including for PTSD, with no significant benefits, get onto these drugs and bang, in two to three sessions in in association with psychotherapy, get amazing results. Have a look at the website, Mind Medicine australia.org in the context of health you know what is health what does it mean to be healthy i ask people what their definition of health and today my guest is kate shimarani and she is a natural nurse in a toxic world and so she's a health professional well i ask people what's your definition of health and for most people they say well i don't know anything i don't know that i'm sick so i must be healthy i call bs on that All right, health, here's my definition of it. Health is the unique, optimal balance for each one of us of mental, physical, and spiritual elements. And it's that balance of those three. And for each one of us, it's different. And that's the stupidity of protocols. And Kate's going to be talking about protocols, particularly in the aged care sector and talking about protocols that kill people. But we've seen right around the world protocols. Oh, gosh, you're a human being. You must require the same treatment as everybody else. Please, I urge you, if you're a regular listener listening on this recording, understand that your health is a unique balance of mental, physical, spiritual elements. We talk about passion on this show. I don't have any guest on this show who I don't consider to be passionate. I'm not interested in talking to people who aren't passionate. So for 30 years, I've been Australasia's passion provocateur. I've written books on the topic. My website is covest.com. My book is Passionate People Produce, and the second one is Passionate Performance. 
when you pursue your passion, your mental health problems reduce. Why? It makes sense because passion comes from your soul. Mental health problems come from your mind. And it's this spectrum. My challenge to you is where on the spectrum do you lie between being spiritually, soulfully driven or mentally driven? Because there's another interesting analysis that there are two emotions that drive our behavior. One is love, and the opposite of love is fear. Well, here's your choice. Do you come from love? Do you come from fear? And fear squashes you, depresses you. The more fear you have in your life, the more likely you are to be depressed. So my message is discover and pursue your passion. Now, a couple of editorial things I want to raise with you. I'm here in Melbourne on the 18th of November. It's 5 p.m. on Saturday afternoon, and Kate Shemaran is in the UK where it's 6 a.m. What an angel she is to get up to speak to us. I'll introduce her in a moment. It's uh, 11 p.m. in Los Angeles on Friday night. Now, I want to talk about an article, big article, or half a page article in a broadsheet newspaper, the Australian newspaper, Australia's major national newspaper. It's a, Mer- a news corporation article, and the heading is public health experts say half of residents are no longer fully immunised against COVID. And the main heading is COVID vax alarm over vulnerable aged care. This half-page puff piece is the biggest load of four p- of fear porn crap that you're likely to read. And this is in mainstream media. Now, I could go through this article and tear it to bits written by Mohammed Al-Fariz. He, he, um, I'll have to take him to account, put a complaint into the press council. This is fear porn at its extreme. Not only that, this idiot is promoting, we need more boosters, more boosters. And the TGA itself hasn't made a recommendation for these boosters. They're talking all this nonsense about the, uh, Kate, you'll love this. You probably heard about it, the parola, the Omicron subvariant parola. And then they try to bamboozle us by saying, oh, look, this is this is the parola variant known as BA.2.86. I think they should have called it BS.2.86. This is how they cause you to have mental health problems. That's why you come to TNT Radio, because you can work out that you are being sold a fear message. Now, Dictator Dan Andrews, who resigned as Premier of this state that I'm in, in Victoria. I'm on a mission for the rest of his life to track this man. He is so evil. He is corrupt. He is the worst Premier in our state's history since it was founded in 1851. And one thing that I want to bring into place is that politicians, when they leave Parliament, they can get on with their lives unless they've been corrupt, criminal, evil, incompetent. They live on superannuation. They live on retirement benefits. And then people honour these people. No, these people deserve scorn and criticism for the rest of their lives for what they've done. And that will teach newer politicians to not lie to us, to not cheat us, to not be corrupt, to not not do all of the 
all of the conflicts of interest with which they are involved. And to the to that end, with Dictator Dan, I call him Dick Dan. I was delighted to see that one of the exclusive golf clubs in Victoria, the members voted not to have him as a mem- not to have him as a member. He applied to join at the club, and they said, "No, we don't want to. We don't want a bloke like this." I was so excited. Um, our Prime Minister is swanning around the world, visiting everybody else, but doing his job. There are major problems in Australia at the moment, including a recent High Court decision that has released onto our streets, Kate, eighty-four criminals who have been held in detention they don't have citizenship rights we can't send them back because their countries don't want them because these guys are criminals they're rapists they're pedophiles they're murderers they're on the streets right this and and the high court warned the warned the government's lawyers listen when we're going to shift our view on this no preparation was done by this government with a piece of legislation because they could have brought in a piece of legislation overnight to keep these guys under detention this labor government in australia is incompetent the other the other piece of fear porn that is alive and well and living is climate emergency get worried climate emergency that too is fear porn there is no climate emergency do not get sucked in and lastly the excess deaths in this country are being ignored just as they are in the uk kate's going to tell us about that the elderly are being abused in these facilities and two days ago it came out that hospitals are now starting to say it's normal for kids to die of heart attacks how about that eh normal for kids to die of heart attacks they just happen to have been jabbed with these covid bioweapons all right there's the end of my my rant remember the science is never settled anybody who tells you the science is settled is lying do not comply use your free will we will beat these corrupt politicians this covid scam if we unite in non-compliance do not comply with stupid dictates of government. Spread the TNT news. Uh, Kate Shemarani is a host on TNT radio as well. We're a global station. Tell people to listen to this station. This is where you'll get more truth than most other places. And finally, at all times, choose to be happy. Don't wait for the absence of problems. Choose to be happy as you fight for freedom alongside TNT Radio and me. My email, contact me anytime, charles at coves.com. And you can check out my Charles Coves show, every weekly show up to episode 175, and on it goes. All right. Kate Shemarani, the wonderful Kate Shemarani, a natural nurse. Kate, uh, in a toxic world, a radio host, an advisor on health matters, a health professional who has been fighting the good fight. She's going to tell us precisely what she's the founder of a nursing alliance in the UK. Kate, welcome to the Mind Medicine Program. Oh, it's a great honour to be here. I was just listening. It's quite interesting because this is a war on the mind and everybody, as soon as they wake up, they put on their TVs or they look at paper, they look at their mobile phones first and that activates that limbic system in your brain. And it's that overactivation of that limbic system that's going to cause utter chaos in your life. And uh, you're being showed all these images constantly. You don't know what's real. Of course, you don't know what's real because AI is so fantastic. And and then, you know, people then don't realize that that anxiety that causes 
that corrupts this holy temple, you're mostly water, um, that's going to ruin everything in your life, your relationships, your job, everything will start to go wrong and you won't realize it's because your limbic system is overstimulated. And just by not picking your phone up, not watching the TV, not reading the newspapers, and, and then just to pick up on something else you talked about, science has never settled. There is no science. This is bastardized science. It's it's a complete and utter lie. And, you know, you picked up the newspaper article there. Um, for, for a start, in September of 2020, September 6, they knew that the AstraZeneca vaccine was calling transverse myelitis. It had already affected 125 uh, people in the study. It was then reported on in your TGA and the MHRA uh, by that they, they knew about it in the September. They came out in the December with it, but at least two doses per citizen, every man, woman and child in Australia uh, was was sent over in the February of 21. 300 million doses into America was licensed in February, and they continued and gave, gave another 30 million doses in the UK, UK with this information. So who is, you know, if the doctors and nurses actually stopped being assassins for tyrannical governments handing down guidelines and did what their position of great trust uh, was to do, which was to advocate for every patient and always act in their best interest instead of just following guidelines, this would all be over because mm. we saw them all on TikTok videos. On I see them now. They come after me on Twitter. These nurses still injecting, still advocating. They're so stupid. And I, I, I hate the idolatry that these people are given as though they're some kind of gods and angels. No, they're not. I trained as a nurse 37 years ago. I've gone back to university. I'm a trained and independent nurse prescriber. I couldn't give a rat's ass that they took my license. I didn't need their license. They were taken over by the government in 2001. I will not follow any of their uh, code. But the, the point is, these nurses are still doing it. They're not educated or they wouldn't be. They're educated in the system. And most of them, I can, and I love it when they get, they start, you know, getting anally twitchy about it. I can do their jobs. They can't do mine. You know, I have nutrition patients worldwide. I stand up and lecture for hours. They can't do my job because they're only trained in how to mop up the system from the cradle to the grave. They make you sick with vaccines. No vaccine's ever been proven safe or effective. They don't teach them any of that. They don't even know what's in it. They don't even ask. You know, as long as they've got their two cars on the drive, their mobile phone and their holiday in Torremolinas, they'll shut their mouths. And most of them, how dare they call themselves health educators when we saw them all on TikTok videos, squeezed into scrubs looking like well-stuffed Chesterfield couches. You know, every single fat cell you have increases disease exponentially and your brain gets smaller, Charles. I'm sure you know that. The fatter you get, the smaller your brain gets. So these people were dancing, taking food parcels, and giving huge doses of benzodiazepines and opioids following a guideline instead of looking at him uh, uh, you know the, the 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 bodies that show you how much how much of a drug you should give they just give it i i had a student nurse come to me and i've known this young girl since she was a toddler 
She's now left nursing after her first year and she's having counselling for PTSD. These are her exact words. She told me the hospital, she told me the name of the staff. And I've known her since she was a little girl and her mother was sitting with us. She told me that the patients were lying in feces and urine, begging for a drink. All she could do was hold their hand. She was told not to give them a drink. They were given injections, which would have been morphine and midazolam, and the sister clicked her fingers to get the, uh, the student nurse out the room. One after another after another, she saw these elderly slaughtered. To die of dehydration is horrific. Mm. But I, you know, this is the problem. They had so, these nurses so, so thinking Kate, they were heroes. So, so Kate, you know, I, I, I know John O'Looney, well-known oh, yeah, funeral sure. director, and I moderate two global meetings a week for medical doctors for COVID ethics. Can you give us... Can you give us a, a, an overview in the next three or four minutes before we have to go to a break, as you well know, being a TNT radio host, but give us a sense for, for our global audiences, because this midazolam, I learned in, not 20, in 2020, this was just murdering the elderly, 2021, murdering the elderly. Give us a sense of the numbers of people who have been murdered. As you say, nurse assassins uh, injecting people with midazolam in the UK, remdesivir in other nations. Well, first of all, it's it's used in anaesthesia and it's used in end-of-life care. And when you give it with morphine, you'll have a synergistic effect. It becomes more powerful. And a patient shouldn't be given more than 0.5 milligrams starting dose and a maximum of three milligrams in a 24-hour period. Now, these were elderly. So they would have kidney problems, be on other drugs, comorbidities, and they might take a lot longer to clear a drug out of their system. So it was Lord Baron Gadia, who sits as court over the Bank of England, is a director of Accord Healthcare Limited. They supplied 9.9 .9 million milligrams of midazolam to healthcare, uh, Supply Chain Coordination Limited, which the health secretary in their capacity is the director. So that was Matt Hancock. That was all used within nine months. That amount would generally last two years. So they had 90,000 patients in the hospitals and they were moved out to the care homes. And I think it's 95% of the care homes are owned by two companies, Barchester and HC1. And these patients came with not only their care home fee, but £3,300 extra per patient per week, at per week and a one-off payment. So they were, it was very lucrative. All these patients were arriving in the care homes the the midazolam was there and these patients most of them died most of the covid deaths were in the care homes i mean it's horrific and it would be very lucrative because you know you've got another ninety thousand coming with that one-off payment three thousand three hundred pounds per week extra per patient so these patients on average were given 2.5 to 5 milligrams of a starting dose of midazolam not 0.5 and you're supposed to monitor their respirations they weren't monitored and they had all their food, water, and essential medication removed. Well, if, if that's what, what, a patient, what was what was the nonsense about not giving them water? That was clearly to kill them. Why on earth well, would you not give water to a patient? Because it's then going to what hasten a death, which is what it's murder. Euthanasia mm. is illegal in the UK, and you'd need consent anyway. But the point is, they did it. The doctors prescribed it, and the nurses gave it. What was entering? Their heads, I'll tell you what a lot of them, I've spoken to them. I always say for every goodness, there's 10 bad ones. I'd add a few zeros on. They believed they had power. They were hailed in the UK with this NHS cult, that they were all powerful, priority shopping, rainbows everywhere. Let's go out on a Thursday night. People were told they had to go out on a Thursday night and clap 
at eight o'clock like seals with saucepans and bang them for these people. So they believed they were above the law. A lot of them believed they were above the law. The good yes, thing is, though, I, yes, I, Kate, yeah. I think that's very good because I'm a lawyer. I was a lawyer for 20 years. I've been doing work as a legal strategist. Um, they believe they're above the law. They've so convinced themselves about their superiority. It's extraordinary. Now, we've got to go yeah. to a... We've got to go to a break. Uh, you're on TNT Radio. My guest is Kate Shemarani, wonderful natural nurse in a toxic world based in the UK where it's early in the morning. We'll be back after these messages. TNT Radio's Hervoy Morich. It's reported out in Canada that last year 4.1% of all deaths in Canada were due to made medical assistance in dying the country's eugenics program. This is according to the country's health ministry. 13,241 people died under the MAID program. And uh, it says the program was criticized for allegedly driving citizens into assisted suicide on the grounds of poverty or lack of health care. Stories included two separate cases of cash-strapped women suffering from chronic health conditions who successfully applied to end their lives. Four Canadian military veterans were allegedly pressured to opt for medically assisted death by a now-suspended Veterans Affairs Canada casework. MADE program, or in other words, as R.J. Rummel would call it, democide, death by government, pretty much. It's a brave, brave new world. Pervoy Morich on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Hi, I'm Susan Lucci. I never thought about heart disease until I had my own heart event. At first, like so many other women out there, I ignored my symptoms. A slight pressure on my chest, shortness of breath. I thought, I don't have time to be sick. I had a a 90% blockage in my main artery and a 75% blockage in the adjacent artery. I received two stents in my arteries. Stents developed through research funded by the American Heart Association. Those stents saved my life. I'm so grateful to the American Heart Association. Their research helped save my life. I can enjoy life with my children, my grandchildren, and my friends. Please, listen to your heart. The only reason I'm here today is because I did. Learn more about the American Heart Association's life-saving work at helpheart.org. So many people who had no history of heart illnesses have got it now, or blood clotting after the COVID-19 vaccination. Punish those who hurt people with COVID madness. Lighting the fuse for freedom. TNT Radio. Welcome back. We are lighting the fuse for freedom. And if and if you aren't awake yet, well, you wouldn't be listening to this radio station. But here's the good news. I'm, I'm Charles Coves. This is the Mind Medicine Program. My guest is Kate Shemarani. The good news is this. I have not met anybody who used to be awake, who used to be on our side for freedom, who has now said, gosh, I was wrong and the government was right. I'm adopting the government thinking. No one. I know no one. And if you are someone who, who believes what the government is telling you when you used to doubt it, Please get in touch with me because on the whole planet, I've heard nobody moving to the government side. Now, before we went to the break, Kate was talking about doctors literally thinking they're above the law. And you said something earlier, Kate, that if the doctors and nurses had pushed back, this COVID scam would have fizzled in a heartbeat. Now, I also want to add four other groups 
because I agree with you. If doctors and nurses, and that's hence that's why I do two week two online meetings a week of hundreds of health professionals and scientists. The agreement is clear. If doctors had pushed back, this would not have gone anywhere. The other four groups are lawyers. Lawyers have absolutely sold out. They have not stood up to protect people's rights. Mainstream media, the CEOs of big companies, the chief executive officer, not one CEO of a major company in this country, in Australia, has come out to question the government narrative on we've got a pandemic and everybody should be jabbed. And if you don't get jabbed, you lose your job. Probably the worst of the lot is the total sellout of the churches, of all denominations. They were all paid money by government to stay shut. And I'm I'm a Christian. I was raised a Catholic, and it is to me a disgrace, and may they for pay a huge price for abandoning their flock, particularly the elderly, Kate, like, you know, letting these old people on their own when churches are supposed to fight for their flocks it was it was it ties in this whole game of this abandonment of 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 all of the key principles we thought our lives were set up on so over to you well we're talking about it like it's something new one has to remember that in the beginning when you had Hitler rose to power in 1933, it wasn't the the Jews, the Polish, the Gypsies, the Blacks, the Christians, the Jehovah's Witnesses that were killed first. It was the disabled and the elderly that were guillotined in the basements of the town halls. And the church, um, if they didn't go along with it, and often they did, they would bring the patients to be killed uh, or they would face it. Our own... Um, King George, it was he, he said, damn you on his deathbed. And it was alleged that his nurse was present. And also, well, he wrote in his memoirs, the doctor did. Um, this doctor gave cocaine and another drug directly into the jugular vein and killed King George. His son was there. And uh, he wrote it in his memoirs. And later, when he died, all of the doctors said, well, yes, you know, he, people were were always dying in his care. I began my nurse training in 1984, and I, I, I'm very saddened to say it, it's nothing new that doctors believe that they have the authority to to take a life, and uh, that the sanctity of life is is not honoured, and um, they go along with it. Uh, they give. I mean, for instance, we had Bobby Charlton, the footballer, and I was reading in the newspaper where apparently he was put on end of life care. He had a fall and had a fractured rib and he was put on end of life care because he would have probably got pneumonia. You don't put someone end of life care in case they get something that's going to kill them. You're killing them. Let's let's name end of life care for what it is. If you're removing someone's food and water, you're going to kill them anyway by taking away their water. And if they've been on like if you, you have an elderly person who's been on, say, the drug lorazepam, for nine months, you remove that, they're going to have what's described as inner chaos, they're going to become very agitated. So then that gives you the leap to give them more drugs. What about if someone's on heart medication, blood thinning medita- medication? What about insulin? Um, it's, it's absolutely outrageous. Why do the doctors go along with it and the nurses? Because one, they, they do believe they're above the law. There was a case this week in the newspaper where a nurse 
killed a patient with too much morphine. Was was this was alerted? She carried on and then uh, I think killed or injured another patient by too much insulin. She was arrested. She was held in jail, uh, and then the police released her because they said there would be no trial anyway. So the only thing that will happen to her is she'll get struck off. Then you have Lucy Letby, who was a whistleblower, who there was an investigation into that baby unit years before, several years before, showing it was the medics. And uh, they were taking babies far too young. They weren't equipped for, they weren't trained. They were doing lots of procedures that they shouldn't have been doing more than a couple of times, doing them up to 10 times. But this is the big boys club. Why don't we mention it? Freemasons. This is the big boys club that all these doctors are in and their careers won't go very far. Well, there's a time in history when the nurses and doctors did the same thing. And you see every now and again, they have to leave people. Uh, oh, we're doing something about it. They always have inquiries into when, you know, you've had loads of patients die. The Gosford inquiry, Gosport, over 500 patients killed by a doctor, end of life care drugs. And that was over 30 years ago. And it's only just hitting the headlines now. But there was a time in history where there was 900 pages and eight tons of evidence. And it was the Nuremberg medical trials. And nurses and doctors did go to jail for life. And many of them went to jail, you know, like I say, and many went for life, but many of them were hanged. And if you go and read that online, and they always get twitchy when I mention it. Um, I believe it's the same under the Rome statute. The law hasn't changed. They went to jail and to the gallows for killing patients, for giving experimental drugs, for starving them, for putting them out and letting them die of exposure. So when you read what they said in their defense, when they stood without the NMC or the GMC or the RCN or anybody else behind them, because trust me, you'll stand on your own. There ain't nobody going to come and save you. It's between you and God at that stage. Um, they gave the excuses of, I was, you know, I was afraid of my boss. I had a family to feed. Mm. If or, I had a penny for right. every I, time. I a, that's it. Great. Yeah. I had a family to feed or a mortgage to pay. Well, me too. Me too. I lost my entire business. But you know what? I didn't kill anybody. Mm. And ultimately, you know, God decides the hour and the day of our deaths, not nurses, not doctors. So they think that they're above the law, but there is a godsend here because um, ultimately the Lord is in charge. You have to sign for a controlled drug. You have to sign the controlled drugs book and you have to sign the patient notes. If you don't date time and sign something in a court of law, it didn't happen. So it's very meticulous. The doctor has to sign it. The nurses have to sign it. And those controlled drug books don't, they get checked as well by pharmacy. They come down to the department and they're checked every day. Each nurse going off one shift has to check that drug book and the drugs in the cupboard with the nurse coming on shift. Well, you've signed that you gave those patients five to seven times the dose of those controlled drugs. And it's going to take just a tipping point of one. I don't care if you've got young children. I don't care if you were just doing your job. If you did it, then you have to face justice because it has to stand as a precedent. And unfortunately, uh, you know, I'll say it again that that drug that AstraZeneca caused thrombocytopenia and thrombosis. And when those patients came in, they gave them heparin and it reacted with that. The nurses were seeing these patients. I worked in the emergency room. And when people came in, you always asked if you had any, you know, been in the hospital recently, if you had any drugs, what drugs are you on? Have you had any vaccines? 
they were told not to ask that. So in other words, they just became they they just became paid assassins. I don't care what you want to call yourselves, mm. but that's exactly what they were. And history repeats itself. But you know, we've just had Armistice Day. I think you've had the same. We, we had did. our yep. day of remembrance. And they were all out there, you know, um being quiet. Who who do you think you killed in the nursing homes and the hospitals when you decided that you were going to give them a drug with a 53% mortality rate, remdesivir, even though they could have had budesonide, 30-odd quid, nebulized, fantastic recovery. I think it's over 98%. But you gave them a drug that was, what, two and a half grand that killed 93% of them. These are patients that were elderly. And it, and it's the carrying agent accumulates in the kidneys. They saw all this, but they did it. They did it. Mm. Why? I, I, why? Well, we, well, well we, know, we know the answer. So... So the illusion, the the well, they're going to be next. The sub, they'll get that's old. Correct. The sub, <laughs> that's correct. The subconscious mind says, "I'm not willing." I'm. That's where we're in the mind medicine program. So for thirty years, I've been a motivational speaker, Kate. For twenty years before that, I was a lawyer. I understand how the mind works. It, we are fantastic at deluding ourselves. And these nurses and doctors have made that decision, and I, I do like that. That that because of your nursing, you call your nursing background, you're calling them paid assassins. They are, and the mere fact that they are gave no pushback, shame, not only shame on them, but may the law come down on them. Now I want to go to the tipping point. So you look at this mindset, and in America, the last week the numbers came out that the take-up of boosters for more COVID bloody shots is 2% only of the population. That's the number Peter McCullough has has said. Like, it's a, it's a tiny take-up. So it seems to me the fraud is being, particularly through work of TNT Radio, of, of presenters like you, lots of other presenters, we are pushing people to say, stop listening to this fear porn. Now... Holding people, holding these doctors and nurses to account, tipping point. What's your sense? I'll give you an example of what might be a tipping point. Matt Hancock, for example, going to jail, or it could be a high court judge in the UK system or in Australia whose teenage grandchild dies of a heart attack. Okay, it could be that tipping point, and the and the high court judge stands up and says, "You, you dear people, have been defrauded." That's what I'm counting on. Or it could be a former a, a minister for health in Australia, Greg Hunt. All right, I know him personally. I call on him to stand up and speak up and say, "People, you have been defrauded." My question to you is, what thoughts have you had about what? might be the tipping point? What might be the match that sets off the brush fire of accountability? Well, you've got a lot more faith than me because I always call politics Hollywood for ugly people. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I know a lot of the cops, you know, they've had several shots. I don't think the government or the powers that be really care that a lot of people aren't taking it up. The damage is done. Enough people have had two of these shots. And we're now starting to see, 
an exponential increase in so many different diseases. So they're not too worried. And and if you look at the pharmaceutical companies, they're gearing up for oncology drugs again. All of their money's going back into oncology drugs. Um, the tipping point, what you're talking about, they answer to the bar. They like their lifestyles. And unfortunately, we've seen people whose, whose family members have died young and they don't say anything. And the tipping point with the nurses, they only came out, the nurses only came out when they thought they were going to be forced to have a vaccine. And then when they realized that they weren't going to have to have the vaccine, they all went back in again. So it's like knocking on the door of Auschwitz, isn't it? And saying, can I yeah. have my job back? Yeah. Oh, gosh, that's probably upset a lot of people already. I, should, I can't mention that time and can't mention that. Mm. Um Tipping point. I don't believe that um, you're going to get a tipping point with the system that's in. The system that's in is corrupt from the top down to the bottom. You've got police officers acting as agents of the state for a tyrannical government. Yes, they've ceased to be, Act- like in Australia, same deal. They've ceased to be true police officers. They are just they are just enforcers of government policy. Now. And they like it. If you look at their um, their recruitment process, actually in the UK, it's getting to be a bit of a joke, the amount of cops that are getting done for sex offence. Um, and I always say, well, recruitment's working well because their whole process, I don't need to tell you that as well, is based on picking a particular type of personality. That's the whole point of it. Mm. So you're talking about all they're concerned about is losing their pension. Doctors are concerned about their insurance and their reputation. So if they go and go against guidelines, then they're not covered with insurance. That's all they're concerned about. So what you've lost here is is that humility for your your brother and sister in Christ in small communities. So I don't believe that we can achieve a tipping point with with the current show that's in because they've showed us that we can't because this is just rinse and repeat i think the tipping point will be when enough people say you know what we don't want to be in utopia we're quite happy to head off to the savage reservation and do you want to join us and uh, i don't mean going and living in a field and and you know having a, a sand toilet dug in the ground i don't mean like that i mean people need to start saying, well, I'm not going to be in that system. I don't recognize it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not vaccinating my children. I'm not registering my child's birth. Uh, I'm not going to do any of that. And and I think there is starting to be a matter. And sadly, as we're told in scripture, you know, that that gate is very narrow. And I think a lot of people will perish my people perish through lack of knowledge. Mm. And if if one really is to look at something, it's the best thing ever that's that's an indicator of everything. Uh, page 64 of the Palliative Care Funding Review, which I sent to you. If you scroll down that page 64, it was written in 2011, the Lansley Report. And you'll see there's a box with demographics and you'll see ages 18 and it goes right the way up to age 65 plus, and you'll see in that box, above it, it says that uh, palliative care is going to be broadened, so that means more people put on it, and it's going to be incentivized, cash for corpses. And they are increasing it all the time. They've just increased it again. We're just under a million have got to be end of life, a minimum every year in order for hospitals to get their money. Is, is that when, right? So that, that's, now, that's now mandated. I, I went through those numbers and I was No, it was always, it's, it was always there, always okay. there. And 
If you look at 65 plus, you'll see that from 2011 to 2031, the death rate exponentially increases. Well, if they've just gone into the care homes and given them all COVID shot, booster shot, shingle shot, flu shot, which is what you're referring to in the newspaper, more people need to get the shots. Then it's certainly not to save their lives, is it? Because the projection is that a lot more of them will be dying in the 65 plus age group. There's your utopia right there. There's Mm. your brave new world where you only have the age range of the worker bees. Yes. So the people that you refer to, the judges, this, that, they're all in a social class that is is above what most of these people in that demographic are going to be in. So you either have to set up a new system. It's the only way and not recognize theirs. Yeah. All right, we've got to go to a break. I'm with Kate Shimarani, a natural nurse in a toxic world. I'm Charles Coves. This is the Mind Medicine Program, and we will be back after these messages from TNT Radio. The climate agenda is a national security risk. Where do you hear this? From Washington, D.C., this is the Morano Minute with your host, TNT Radio's Mark Morano. The climate and energy policies of California are threatening the security of residents. California has increased crude oil imports from foreign countries from 5% just 25 years ago to more than 75% today. According to Heartland analyst Ronald Stein, California is the only state in the United States that imports most of its crude oil feedstock to instant state refineries from foreign countries. California needs this oil for nine international airports and 41 military airports, as well as shipping ports up and down the coast. Meanwhile, Asia has 88 new oil refineries manufacturing fuel for California's airports and shipping terminals. It's time we recognize that the climate agenda is a national security threat. This is Mark Morano for the Morano Minute on TNT Radio. While serving in Afghanistan, I was hit by sniper fire. The fighting was so intense, the medevac chopper was barely able to land. In the hospital, I was given a 5% chance to live. It's a good thing math wasn't my best subject. Today, I visit classrooms and share my story. I talk to kids about dealing with life's struggles. I tell them, with a little help and a lot of work, that you can overcome any challenge. DAV helps veterans like Adam get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. I know that some struggles are big and some are small, but they're all struggles, and you have to learn to get through them. With support from DAV, more veterans like me can live their best life. And as a new father, I have one more reason to keep on keeping on. My victory is being there for the next generation. Adam Alexander, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. You're listening to Mind Medicine. Mind Medicine. Lighting the fuse for freedom. TNT Radio. Welcome back to the program. That was an interesting ad on DAV. I'm Charles Coves, Australasia's passion provocateur. My guest is Kate Shemarani. We're talking about DAV and, and veterans and this and the trauma that they've gone through well mind medicine australia that's why the psychedelic drugs are so important psilocybin mdma and uh, kate i'm heavily involved with cannabis with hemp in particular but also medicinal cannabis and so the the remarkable benefits for ptsd we also talked about that young nurse who had ptsd psychedelic drugs 
work, everybody. You don't have to suffer for years with PTSD, but that was a great ad on DAV. Now, I've got a question for you on, we talked about all vaccines. There are no vaccines that are safe and effective. I want to unpack that. But before we do, and by the way, that's how I got awoken. I have five children and they've been basically vaccinated. I was vaccinated. And I say to people our, you know, who are over 40, you know, you had no more than four or five vaccines in the first five years of your life. In Australia, under the protocol, UK is probably the same, kids in the first four years, no jab, no pay, there are no government benefits if you don't get the jab, they have to have in Australia 43 antigens injected into them in the first four years of life. And so 12 years ago, I was helping a lawyer help Parents whose totally normal kids became totally abnormal straight after getting vaccinated. So that's how that was my journey. But and that woke me up. Up up until 12 years ago, I had no dramas about vaccines because they didn't harm me. My question to you, Kate, how, what why did you wake up? What what why are you pushing? But how come you're not sucked in by the vortex of the system? Well, I had cancer uh, 12 years ago, a very aggressive and deadly breast cancer, four young children. And um, my ex-husband's part of the 9-11 Truth Coalition, very clever man, uh, Dr. Faramash Shemarani. And um, we'd already started, I'd already started to read some of the stuff he was getting. So when I had the surgery, I took two books in with me. I, I had it all private three weeks after diagnosis. And the book I took in was the China study and Dr. Max Gerson's report of 50 cases. So I told the surgeon I was going home on day two with five drains. Uh, not the best decision. Uh, on day nine, I began the full Gerson therapy, which was 13 juices a day, five coffee enemas a day, fat-free, salt-free, sugar-free diet, uh, vegan for six weeks, then only 200 mils fat-free yogurt. I did vitamin B17 therapy as well. I did these for two years, high-dose vitamin C, two years, mistletoe injections into my abdomen for a year, whilst driving 90 miles a day to get my kids to schools and activities. I'm alive and well and cancer-free 12 years on, and three independent peer-reviewed studies, because I refused chemo, radiotherapy, tamoxifen, Zolodex. I completely refused it. My brother-in-law said I'd die. Three independent peer-reviewed studies said I had a 20% chance of surviving two years and 0.5 if I did surgery, chemo, radio, tamoxifen, Zolodex. And I didn't. And that was the big awakening for me. And then I just began. I mean, you can't see it. Uh, I just began. Books. I've got this big library. Reading, reading, reading backwards. No vaccine has ever been proven safe. No vaccine has ever been proven effective. And no two vaccines have ever been tested together for their efficacy. And it's interesting because look, the bulletin of the World Health Organization while affirming in 2008 that vaccination has greatly reduced the burden of infectious diseases, goes on to say only clean water, also considered to be a basic human right, performs better. Yet the United Nations still stated in 2013 that 783 million people do not have access to clean water and almost 2.5 billion do not have access to adequate sanitation. Six to eight million people die annually from the consequences of disasters and water-related diseases. So that just about sums it up. And we know that the measles vaccine 
between 1990 and 61, the symptoms we refer to as measles was eradicated by 98%. Some countries said 99.3%. The vaccine didn't come until 63. It didn't save anybody from anything. The same as you can catch a virus. It's a lie. Same as polio, by the way. From yeah, they're all D- DDT. Absolutely. Mm. Oh, I've got all the, the books. And it's all a lie. You can't catch a virus. That's part of your immune system. It's a cleanup job. Mm. This is just to sell you J.D. Rockefeller's petroleum-based poison medicines, the germ theory. And the reason why a lot of these doctors, these anally retentive doctors who've got an ology after their name or whatever other ridiculous letters they've got after their name, um, the reason they fight so bitterly when we come out and say this is because all of a sudden their so-called qualifications would go poof and they'd be just in the same old social class as everybody else but they love their 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 stature their 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 power their position johnny and jane in private school you know dearest margaret the wife at bridge club it's all preposterous nonsense if people actually looked at what really does avoid and reverse disease it's it's always been there it's in scripture it's exactly what you say the herbs will be your medicine every uh, seed bearing fruit vitamin b17 four molecules glucose glucose benzaldehyde cyanide benzaldehyde and cyanide are totally inert when they come into contact with beta glucosidase found in 3000 times greater quantities in cancer cells synergy occurs they go in the cell they cause apoptosis cell death they filter through the liver where they become analgesic pain killing antiseptic cleanup and regulate blood pressure and you find them in seeds particularly in apricot kernels but do mm. they let you have that no but you see they they say i'm dangerous for saying this but they're quite happy to inject mustard gas into your veins but oh the, the, and, the, and and on top of that on top they of radiate that, you <laughs> yes and and by the way they pump all this chemical into you if, if you die it was the cancer that got you not the stuff they pumped into you but the other interesting thing and i'm wondering whether you know the answer to this question i haven't had time to research it that expired vaccines are so toxic you are not allowed to dump them into the environment absolutely because if you look at the very early vaccines when what they call an adjuvant is something to stimulate uh, an immune response and this whole this is another lie that antibodies mean that you've had an immune response antibodies are not that they're a sign of toxicity that's all they are and so the more toxic you are whatever your tipping point is you that's why some people don't show any antibodies but others show lots but don't get sick it's your toxicity and they used to put bits of uh, semolina or something like that in them. Now they put aluminium in and aluminium is particularly nasty because first of all, it goes through the blood brain barrier because they put uh, something in the vaccines to open your blood brain barrier. But don't forget your Wi-Fi 2.45 to 5.8 gigahertz will also open your blood brain barrier as does low blood sugar, as does um, having a high temperature. So aluminium switches down your lymphocytes, leukocytes, your macrophages, all of your fighter cells. But it then ramps up the second thing, which is the cytokine response. This is where you hear cytokine storm. This is why they gave budesonide to the patients because it tapered down that cytokine response for the patients. So aluminium's terrible. I mean, the HPV vaccine, there was no placebo. 
you know, I've had Joan Shenton on who who did the documentary Sacrificial Virgins, and she's coming on again. In down in Brazil now, the children that cannot get you can't get any welfare. It's mandatory vaccines. But who is doing it? Let's go back again. These absolute pumpkin head nurses who couldn't even tell you what's in it. I, I took months of ringing up and down the country. I'm very good at accents, putting on different accents for different regions, speaking to the vaccine nurses that were going into the schools. And I said, you know, I'm really worried. Can you tell me what's in it? And I remember one of the, oh, just a little bit of the virus. Even these COVID shots, I went to vaccine centers with megaphones. I was called horrific names. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. You know, I'll get to this age. You can call me what you like. Um, and the nurses, what they were telling the patients, they didn't know what was in them. If you do not know what you were about to give a patient and Therefore, you can't get a true informed consent in a court of law. It's medical battery. I'll see all of you in a dock. It won't bother me. Mm. But this, this is to take a baby and give it viruses, fungus, mold, bacteria, aluminium, mercury, immortalized cell lines from aborted fetuses, which is what's in it. So all these Christians in church having their devil soup injected into them. You've just gone against what is written in scripture. It tells us in scripture exactly what we shouldn't have in our in our bodies in Thessalonians all through the Bible it tells us we shouldn't have it and then it tells us in finally tells us that all nations will be deceived by the merchants and their sorcery which translates yes. back to Greek as pharmakia but you know to have remind baby, people remind people of the the etymology of pharm pharmacy pharmaceutical pharmakia is sorcery it's sorcery written in King James, although he was a Freemason. Uh, I don't read that one anymore. But uh, mm -hmm. it, it translates back to Greek, sorcery as pharmakia. If you look at, uh, I, I was an independent nurse prescriber. If you look at the the emblem, it's the, it's the dagger with the serpent around it. Mm -hmm. You know, the nurses, what you're doing by injecting these babies is you are setting them up. So they make you sick, keep you sick, treat you, kill you, dispose of you, and you get to pay for the luxury. And that is our healthcare system the national homicide service that's what it is Beautifully. it's a cult the, the national homicide service for the nhs and the world holocaust organization for the who case shemirani one last question because they're going to throw us off here because we only get an hour thank you so much for being with us my question to you is so where we come back to where we were talking when you wake up in the morning give me 30 seconds on what your protocol is for how you get your mind into the appropriate space. Sometimes I'm just like everybody else. I have bad spaces. <laughs> I, I tend to start thinking. And what I do is I think something nice. If I think something bad, I say Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I say it out loud. Uh, then I go three, two, one. I'm out of the bed. I get a chihuahua off my head. I go downstairs. This is just me personally. I drink my chlorine dioxide with my DMSO to drive it into the cell. I feed all the animals and then I go upstairs and I do a coffee enema. And you know what? My protocol sets me up for the day. I go for a two to three hour walk with my chihuahuas. I do weights. I work. I sleep like a log at night. I sleep with my feet on a grounding mat. Because you know what? My body is the vehicle that carries me through this life. And uh, I always, if I think something bad, I think of someone who's going through something terrible who's come to me, my patients, and I tell myself how fortunate I am. Mm. Beautifully said. Thank you for that beautiful protocol. I do. 
I do something silly. I don't turn the mainstream media on when I wake up. I don't have morning. a telly. <laughs> I don't have a TV. <laughs> well, Kate, thank you so much. Please, please, please. I love your fight for health, for freedom. That's what I am. I consider myself a freedom warrior because you can hardly be free if you're locked up in a hospital being pumped full of chemicals to kill you. So everybody, take the lesson from today. Fight for your health. Understand it's the mental, physical, spiritual elements and don't get sucked in by by what Kate has so beautifully described with a deep experience in the hospital centre. What do we call it, NHS, the National? <laughs> the National Homicide Service. The National Homicide Service. All right. Thank you, everybody. See you next week. I think we're having a time shift uh, next week. I think I'll be on Sunday. Kate Shemarani, I look forward to being with you again. Great job. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Back with you next week. Bye.